ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 167 of the No Podcast. We are no outside food or drink. The Southeast premier video game podcast. A small smattering of news tonight. Would y'all say it's a smattering? Six stories? Yeah. It's, not, I mean, that's our usual. It's our usual stories, but uh, yeah, slow news week. I don't think we'll be like one of them. So that tells you. What is one of them? Nickelodeon's one of them, so that tells you. <laughs> <laughs> Brant was, Brant was scraping the bottom of the barrel to get us stuff this week. Oh, well done, Newsmaster Brant, but we don't know he's here yet. I haven't introduced him. Uh, this week we have a pricey Super Mario smartwatch. Hmm. Persona's 25th anniversary. I think it's supposed to be Persona. We won't nitpick. Uh, Brant built the news. Thank you, Brant. Uh, Sony State of Play roundup. Uh, could Lost Judgment be last in the series? Question mark. Nickelodeon characters battle it out in new games. That's our uh, alluded to this earlier in the preamble. And Ghostwire Tokyo has been delayed, unlike the Tokyo Olympics. I didn't make up that joke. Someone else did. I, I stole that from somewhere else. I, of course, am Richard Bergman, joined tonight by Cesar Concepcion the second. Hello. It's not normal I go second. Usually I go last. You're on the right side on the screen I'm looking at. That's probably what happened because I usually go counterclockwise. I normally uh, get 10 more seconds of uh, complete silence from either before I need to answer. So and staring off. into the abyss mm-hmm. before you have to come to uh, rapt attention. Absolutely. Uh, rounding out the clock and completing the news once again is uh, Brant McKee, Newsmaster. Newsmastered and the uh, the Super Metroid. You are the Super Metroid. <laughs> I you am the Super Metroid. <laughs> <laughs> that you were going to become the Super Metroid. And we witnessed it. So uh, join us uh, at 8 o'clock-ish. We're usually going to go live around then, and sort of before we started recording, Brant was in the middle of uh, beating Super Metroid, and I know he'll have more to share on that later on, so we got to watch him beat that. Next week, week Richard becomes the Master Chief, so (laughs) tune in. (laughs) It's better than becoming the Jack or Daxter. (laughs) He should have been the Master Chief a long time ago. He's been uh, running in simulations for the past uh, every weekend, so. I know. I should be. His movements are mine. My movements are his. We, we've become one. <laughs> just, uh, just go ahead and watch the Ender Game movie and read the books. I feel more like um, uh, Pacific Rim. That works too. Yeah. And it takes at least two of us, mostly four of us, to run the to run the giant Master Chief. That's pretty good. <laughs> well done, Cesar. Become the Master Chief. Uh, uh, so that was all. That was all, Brad. So. Uh, Brant is the Super Metroid. I am the Master Chief. Assessor, what have you become? Uh, I don't know. Something lame like uh, the Master of Tales. The uh... is there a Tales Master? Cesar <laughs> <laughs> Master is known for chasing tales, yeah. thus making him the Master of the Tales. Absolutely. Nine Tales. Nine Tail Fox. What's your true form, Cesar? What have, what have you become? What do you turn into? The double dragon. No oh, god. <laughs> <laughs> dragon dose. I don't know, man. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think. Outside of just me talking about double dragon to annoy Richard every week. Oh, it doesn't uh, annoy me. I'm just not ever going to play with you. It's an ongoing bit that will go on forever, apparently. <laughs> do everyone a favor and turn into the polymega. Try oh. I was talking I'm, about the polymega. I haven't thought about today. polymega almost in a long time until you brought it up. Uh, <laughs> I was chatting about it with somebody today. I, I've left it's left my memory just like those two games ordered from Dispatch Games that were supposed to be shipped to me two years ago. So, Oof. I don't have Da-da-da. Legend of Mana yet. Play Asia hasn't shipped my Legend of Mana that I bought like three weeks ago. 
Oh I yeah, the, you got screwed, man. Uh, mine happened. came through. Mine came through because uh, they sold more than they had, and you got to wait for replenishments. I think the replenishments are oh. four weeks out. Because they were hoping. Weeks? Yeah, they were hoping this. I think after this, they may be gone. Then you can't order them anymore. So. But but I'm don't cancel mine then is what you're saying. You're good. Yeah yeah you're yeah. good. Yeah, because I think you can get them on eBay faster if you want to pay ten dollars extra for each copy. So. Yeah, I saw it in that range before I ordered from PlayAsia, but I was like, no, I'll just go ahead and. I'll import it from a reputable seller, even if their shipping is slow as hell. I, I don't um, know, man. Right before we get into all of this, speaking of game shortage and uh, the Super Metroid, you'll see where people's... Uh, I didn't put it in news. You see where people's uh, special edition of Dread have been getting canceled or oddly like discounted to the normal price or you know, uh, without I got much that. explanation. I got that. I sent it to Cesar. I thought it was a fluke. Uh, Walmart adjusted mine to fifty bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think somebody came after the fact. So it was supposed to be for the regular edition, and somebody pressed the wrong button for the special edition. So. So are they gonna take it back from me, or am I good? Uh, technically, you're good, as long as they didn't overallocate what they had. And I think that's what Brand's talking about, where uh, they're doing the, where they're going back and doing the accounting measures, and like, oh, we don't have enough, and they're just randomly canceling people's here and there. So. Oh. Yeah, you, who knows? You may uh, have gotten a price discount on the special edition, or you might have just gotten downgraded to the regular edition. Just, just be oh, careful. I, I won't think know until they ship it. Just be careful, because I know Walmart was. I didn't order mine from Walmart because it started fucking around with people because somebody was sneaking in third party orders in there, and I was like, ah, I won't order the Walmart one. So, uh, so like it was, it was weird because they were warning people to watch out. Yeah, I got mine from Target, and they, Target shipped my um. Uh, my defective uh, Zelda Joy-Cons or soon-to-be defective Zelda Joy-Cons. <laughs> <laughs> Minor Joy riding on FedEx as we speak. Yeah, <laughs> same here. Same with the uh, Amiibo. <laughs> so uh, I, I got an extra pair coming in from Amazon as well, so I, I, depending on, I may, I may send those back, so if somebody's looking for them, just let me know. I might... Which one? The Zelda Joy-Cons? Yeah. Hell yeah, man. I want them. If you want them, uh, let me double check. Amazon hasn't shipped mine yet. I ordered two as a backup, so my Target one's shipped. Oh, yeah, man. So just, uh, uh, that's also, also maybe interested in those, so get with Cesar on those, maybe. Yeah, I'll Venmo either of you. It don't it don't matter. I'll, we'll figure it out. I mean, you Easy 200 bucks, Cesar. I'm not going to. Yeah, it's going to be whatever the, it's whatever the regular price is. I'm not that guy. So. Whatever I pay. Oh, you got a smirk at a Cesar. Yep. <laughs> I'm not gonna be Easy <laughs> money. Eighty six thirty nine is how much I paid for them, but wow. they haven't shipped yet. So okay. My but I know my target round up to eighty six forty. Sure. Plus shipping yeah. and handling. Yeah, as long as they ship the yours, man, because I was gonna ship them back either way. I just got an extra just in case. I did the same thing for the Zelda Amiibo, so I got one from Best Buy and one from Target. So if anybody's looking for that mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, I made sure I pre-ordered one of those. Since they gated the, the get out of jail free card behind it. Get out of Zelda free. <laughs> well, I mean, my, my Monster Hunter ones came in, so I bought those for whatever bullshit they get me. So Whatever add-ons. I think they're just outfit add-ons, if I'm not mistaken. So. Yeah, it's I think it's cosmetic. Stuff. Oh, it's just cosmetic stuff on that? I believe so, yeah. There's a lot of Zelda stuff supposed to be coming in this week. Between the Joy-Cons and the Amiibo, they kind of went big on this. Almost like it's a tent, tent pole Zelda release, I would say. So, well, I mean, it is supposed to be the anniversary. And I don't care yeah. what anybody says, but that that's 
that theme for that game is the best Skyward Sword. So I would agree because that was the that was the main theme when we went to that symphony a couple times. You know, that was what they were. That was the newest game at the time. So that's what we heard. And it seems like everything that they first off, they're releasing it on a platform that people aren't tired of yet. I think that was a huge knock on it the first go around. Uh, second off, um, they fixed a bunch of the things that people complained about. So I know it seems like every day they just keep releasing another trailer yeah. talking about a new feature that's been upgraded. What was it they hid and didn't really tell anybody? It was um, the item thing I know was a big thing because I, I heard Michael bitch on this podcast about it. He was like, every time you get a rupee, it tells you it's five rupees. It's great. It's blue. And they won't do that. There was something recently, like within the past couple of days. Y'all remember what that story was? Um, I I totally didn't play that game. Maybe about five hours into it, and I fell asleep in the time you played it. So That's... I'm going in blind. So I'm just I didn't watch any trailers. I'm just gonna go in blind now, and just uh, that way I can forget all the bad stuff. So I, I remember, remember somebody saying something about before they announced it, like today, about the free camera. They fixed that was that. it. That was it. It was the camera. Yeah. Because before you you remember you used to have to uh, it was more like a targeting mechanism. If you wanted to move the camera around, you had to press the C button on the nunchuck and just like look around that way. I did and then, that because I, fi- yeah. I fired that up. Did you see that video I sent you? I did actually fire it up to see what it looked like I on that see tube. It, it sounds, uh, sounds exhausting. Got oh the no! I, yeah, I got I got some pictures. I didn't get a. I sent you a Skyward Sword video of like that intro. But that was kind of, it's kind of funky because you can run around in first person, which hmm. always seems weird to me in a Zelda game. Yeah, it's it's very awkward. And then uh, they can't see it on the camera for us, but you see in, uh, in that corner over there, Richard, I bought those Mega Man figures, so I know how to beat the game now. They show me which bosses are beaten with uh, which Mega Man character, so the the figures please, came in. Uh, please reenact it for us. Please show us how you beat uh, Cut Man. Uh, like, oh, Brant's, like, no. Brant's got some. Brant's going to pit his figures the against little, your figures. The little... Cut Man and Mega Man back there? Yes. That's what I was like. You got the small Dude, I found those. Back. I found those at Ollie's. The little 8 Ollie has dudes. them? Yeah, they had a couple of them. Wow. Uh, I know mine's, mine's. Yeah, those are the same ones. Yeah, mine's just a shortcut because it just shows me which powers to use. So. <laughs> nice. That's how, that's how I don't look for strategy guides anymore. I just look at the. That's nice. how you work. Okay. You just look for figures that show you which items to use. <laughs> yeah, I was like, now I know how to beat uh, Ghost Man. <laughs> that's awesome never have to open up a web browser again and look it up the boss order no more game facts just game figures yep game figures <laughs> fuck game facts game figs. game figs there we go we we reenact what you're supposed to do at certain parts in the game with action figures and we post that and that's who we are we're game figs <laughs> or like if we don't game. have the action figures we dress up as them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Duo barrel Brant's roll. In. Brant's in. Oh, Brant's the entire <laughs> cast of Star Fox. <laughs> All right. Good Man, preamble. Let's get in this news. Just for Cesar, we have to do Banjo and Kazooie. Uh-huh. It's fa- his favorite game. It's a game I'll never beat, so. <laughs> it's just a trivia show. I'll... That that uh that Power A enhanced wireless controller looks like a fucking stadium controller, doesn't it? Which one? The one that just came through that tweet. I know nobody can see it, but the power A. What does it look like? It just came through, like a pre-order oh. Zelda one. Blood Moon. Blood Moon. Um. Blood Moon from. Like a sta- 
It looks like, almost like a Stadia. Yeah, uh, it does. Oh. It does. Stadia controller wasn't bad. I didn't hate the... Of all the things I hated about Stadia, the controller was not one of them. The controller was solid. And I won a round of uh, PUBG on it. <laughs> Somebody carried me to victory. That's the true path to victory is the Stadia controller. Cesar. We deserve it. All right, let's talk about this expensive-ass Super Mario watch. This comes from The Verge and Sam Byford. The Super Mario and Tag Hewer. Is that the right way to say that? Hauer? Hewer? Tag here? Yeah, Hewer, I think. Tag Hewer collaboration is a uh, friend of the show. Charles is a watch guy. He'll let me know. Tag Hewer collaboration is a $2,150 Wear OS watch, which is, is that Google's? Whose is that? Tag's Not connect- exactly sure. It's an independent one, it looks like. Yeah. So it's a uh, Hayer. Tag Hayer. Thank you, Cesar. Hayer is a surname that comes from German word hay, meaning hay. Okay. H A Y is pronounced, <laughs> how it's pronounced, Hayer. Tag Hay. Okay. All right. Tag Hay says it's considering making these Mario features available in other editions of Tag Hayer connected at a later state. So maybe wait for that one. <laughs> I don't know. You can, always, you can always call a friend of the show, Russell, and ask him in with his German. Oh, he does speak German. Maybe we can learn more about his uh, these uh, conquests. Did he try the Pirates? I, I want to say he has not played the Pirates expansion yet. I'm actually interested in trying that out. <laughs> if we had to get down to it. Um, so they've announced this watch. Uh, the website is counting down to a July 15th announcement. Uh, the hardware itself appears to be identical beyond some light cosmetic tweaks to the 45 millimeter case, including an M for Mario logo on the crown. And it comes with two straps, one with perforated red rubber alongside one with red rubber and black leather. <laughs> two favorite, uh, materials combined into one thing, <laughs> red rubber and black leather. Uh, the watch is said to use a gamification reward system with greetings from Mario and Mushroom Kingdom-themed animations that play as you hit various step goals throughout the day. Because <laughs> that won't be embarrassing going off as you're no. going up the stairwell with co-workers. Um, there are four new Mario watch faces, including a timekeeping face that features retro elements from the 1985 version of Super Mario Brothers with Mario all in pixels. Interesting. It looks good. It's not... Um, too grand good, but no, it's a very cool looking thing. There's only going to be about 2,000 of these available, of course, uh, in certain regions from July 15th. So it's a lot more tomorrow, yeah. And I know that there's, I guess, some people upset about it because it's not a mechanical watch. I guess that's the thing among watch collectors. I could see but, that because in, in, what, probably five to ten years, this thing will be obsolete or the OS yeah. will break or it will run out of updates or something like that, you know? Yeah. The, the watch community has gone full circle, kind of like a, how music's gone back to records and everybody's in mechanical watches right now, so. Wait, do you keep up with the watch community like this? It's pretty <laughs> awesome. Uh, Yeah, there's uh, some gift ideas I had to do for some family members that are involved in watches, so I did some research okay. on there. And so they came back through so a lot of people were buying old school watches so wow so why bought my my uh, japanese pocket watch because i got it when i was doing the research just and eh, i ran into that one so i was like I bought oh very that. cool uh, i feel like i don't need something else to collect and that would definitely 
I have my one Japanese pocket watch. I didn't end up buying anything. There we go. There we go. (laughs) You don't have the special editions. (laughs) But I settled on, because I love the G-Shocks. I was a Casio G-Shock fan when I was working in a more construction-oriented position. And then the advancements between the Apple Watch and now, like, my glucometer is attached to it. So I get nonstop reading straight to that. And it just... I, I still probably prefer as a watch the G-Shock, but there's almost no going back from the glucometer readings and the notification screen. I got like a no, If you buy something, just buy it. I mean, if you get a mechanical and get one you like, it's like that watch I got was from the Taisho area. So, uh, era, so that one's a old watch. 1915. So Very cool. That's good to have. And it will be working long after our Apple watches, sir. It'll probably be working long after I'm passed. So it's almost 100 years old. It's actually 100 years old. So, yeah. Make it an heirloom. All right. That's the Super Mario Watch. Who wants to tell us about the Persona Series 25th anniversary website that launched? Was there any other news on that? No. Outside of that, they said it was going to be from, I think, September 2021 to the fall 2022, which they're going to do announcements. Um, Somebody... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Everybody went crazy on Twitter. Like they were like, they're going to remaster every game, but then they had to go back and reread it, reread it, and it was like announcements of various goods. So it doesn't mean there's going to be a remaster of everything. Yeah, so. it can so be mostly merchandise. It can, well, it can be merchandise. Like, it can be games. I think it was like it what, can 12, be whatever. Twelve things they said. It's like one a month or something like that. I think that's what it averages out yeah. to or something like that. So I imagine it'll end with a Persona Six one. And you were going if you go on the website, yeah. it'll tell you like there's a little blank spots in there for surprises and so people weren't trying to figure out what's going on so i'm I'm sure there's going to be some remasters and maybe the new persona but it's probably not going to be them out everybody thinks it is so but uh, yeah. they already started selling some goods today i think they did their first sale today mm-hmm. the frame image and some other goods so i couldn't help but laugh when we read that it was a year's worth and i, I was thinking of uh, nintendo and their stupid mario 35th and we got some cool stuff but it was just this limited you know you're not going to be able to play this. You can't download this. Just stupid stuff. Like, they could have leaned into it way harder. And then Brant mentioned we're getting Skyward Sword for the 35th for Zelda. But, like, there's not really been anything else. And even though you're honoring Metroid, they are not really no. doing anything with it whatsoever. Didn't and then we just had the 40th We had the fortieth anniversary of Donkey Kong that came and went. And that could have been even more shit. That legacy is even longer. So. Yeah, who knows, uh, man. What do you guys hope to get from this? Are we saying just, you know, being able to play these on current platforms? Would that be the the ultimate goal? Maybe get those two remasters off PSP? Possibly. Uh, it depends on what they still have code for. So, I mean, I know they have those personas on PSP so they can run those through an emulator like they did yep. with the Castlevania collection. Yep. Whether or not Sony's going to allow that to go on other consoles would be a different story because people still bitch about the uh, Rondo Blood and Symphony of Night. Not Whatever, it's bitch. there. <laughs> Well, but, it's there. Go get a go get a PS4 Slim and get those games if you want to. It's way cheaper than buying a Turbo Duo and Rondo of Blood, right? Yeah. But yeah, we yeah. know the real reason why is because it's running through a, a PSP emulator, and uh, yeah. they have to get that approved from Sony to get that on something else. So, but it just depends on what they got out there. So I mean, I'd be okay with that. I mean, Persona yeah. has been tied with PlayStation anyways, right? Saturn for the first one, and then it went to PlayStation afterwards. I think Saturn had it first. Okay. Uh, and then you had that weird. Now that, that I think that was the only Persona one that was odd uh, man out. I think that's the only one they got. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's been mostly in here in the in America and Europe has always been on the PlayStation console. So right. Uh, outside of the little shoot offs they have on uh, 3DS. 
But um, the dungeon crawlers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think at some point, I know Persona Three and Four have been released on uh, PS3. It's downloadable games and on the PS2 emulator. Uh, you can get the other first three, uh, Persona One and the both Persona Two games on, and Persona Three P on a PSP emulator. So yeah, I mean there there's probably a way to run in them all. So. Yeah, are, well, they had they... they had all those Persona Q games and stuff on the um, the DS, 3DS, and stuff like that. So they could do a Persona Q collection or something like that as well. Oh, Jeremy Parrish um, loves those. He talks about them like they're Etrian Odyssey, like dungeon crawler type stuff. Gosh, they have those dang Persona dancing games. And yeah. I mean, Atlas was surprised at how well Persona 4 Golden did on Steam, so... One would imagine that they'd want to at least bring a couple more Persona games to that platform to make them more available to that. Seems the happy medium, right? Is that yeah? You know, because these games aren't going to be super demanding, I would imagine, unless it's like a true, you know, ray tracing, all kind of extra stuff. But it, they don't typically do those with those, it seems. Mm-hmm. So just making that stuff available for the 25th anniversary, I think that'd be pretty cool. And I know the music is kick-ass in this series, so if we got some more musical collections. Are they available on Spotify or Apple Music or anything like that? Yeah, the, some of them popped up on Spotify recently. That's um, good. Ever since Sega bought Atlas, they've been more uh, outreaching to other platforms and everything else. So since Sega owns Atlas, I wouldn't be surprised if they, they try to get as much as they can on Steam. So That was a good move for them. So, so I remember you and I talking about that and like, how is that going to go? Is that going to be just a, a feather in their portfolio or are they going to – you know, propel them into something more. And it seems like it's been the latter, fortunately. It's made them better, yeah. It's not yeah. not utilizing. I mean, they're letting them expand and all that stuff and trying to branch out there. The only thing that we miss out on is that Atlas used to be very good about um, picking out uh, Japanese games that would get translated and released over here. They don't really do that anymore because they seem to handle everything internally now. I think that's gone to Nipunishi Software of America that's got a lot of those now, so... Right, because it's not the dark ages like it used to be, you know? Yeah, most of what they bring out over here is what they own. So they, they stop bringing out other people's uh, IPs over here. So that's a, probably the big change that we saw from that. So We used to have to rely on working designs or, you know, you'd see these screens of these awesome Japanese games. And it's like, man, we are never getting this. And just, just hope that there's some chance that we got. That we still we haven't got a like Bahamut of Lagoon, so. Uh, that uh, that near person that we talked about a couple of weeks ago did we talk about them the view i would we would if uh we talked to, i mean we know what happened to him unfortunately but we didn't talk yeah about him. yeah he built a lot of uh super nintendo emulators and translation projects and all that kind of stuff and he's no longer with us due to online bullying but um bahamut lagoon was like his magnum opus as far as um i'm sorry he or she i'm not sure what they identified with but that was their magnum opus as far as uh, translation and such. So if you can find their their build of Bahamut Lagoon. Yeah, I think it's uh, they got a re- uh, uh, repo carts on the eBay of it. So, yep. I always think of the grandma that didn't get a was it Dragon Quest six. <laughs> Never got uh, Dragon Quest six on Super Nintendo. Was it five uh, that she was after? Because yeah. she played one, one through four because that's the ones we got. Yeah. And then she uh, she wrote in a Nintendo Power wanting the new Dragon Quest game or the new Dragon Warrior game. I'm sorry. 
Uh, okay, hopefully we get more Persona stuff. Uh, Sony State of Play, who wants to run down that one? I got this. Uh, I watched the entire event. It was mostly, and they had come out and said that this was going to be uh, nine minutes of death loop and follow <laughs> nine looping minutes of death yes, loop nine looping minutes of death loop which honestly i mean they've shown so much of death loop um before this event it's semi redundant at this point what um, is just a quick just a quick you know pulse check what is everyone's death loop meter where is everybody at um I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't look like a bad game. It really doesn't. No, uh, it, it does. It does Arcane look like they've bad games. No, it do, it does look like they've added. Um, I guess we'll jump into that because so, they showed off some gameplay. It looks like they've added some abilities to uh, kind of hack enemy turrets and some they've other added little some things. To the loop. Yes, uh, and they they showed how as you progress, you can uh, get certain power ups. So in in a certain respects, it is kind of roguelike roguelite um in that respect where as you go through you get different upgrades power-ups and things that stay with you and one of the ones they showed was uh one where you can actually die up to two different times and basically have a like a semi restart like a checkpoint from where from where you want to be you go and get in a gunfight. If you die, you reset right out, and you come back in, and everybody looks at you. They're like, "Hey, we we just killed you. What what the hell's going on?" And then you know, you start the gunfight again. Um, with sounds like a Bethesda remaining. game. <laughs> and uh, uh, and you can collect, um, I guess, some of the the currency and stuff from your from your uh, dead body. And uh, I mean, they showed off. Going after a certain, I guess they'll say like boss, um, and almost Hitman esque, you know, casing the room, making sure you're uh, finding the appropriate target, um, seeing the best way to to kill your mark, uh, maybe an interesting way, you know, with uh, they showed it was this person giving the speech, and they had like they were standing on this platform that could fall, uh, uh, fall and drop them to their deaths right. into like an incinerator kind of deal. Um, and I'm sure they'll probably have a couple different things like that in there. It looks interesting. Um, I mean, they've delayed it twice now, um, but I know it is, it is slated to come out um, fairly soon. Still in that weird realm of it was supposed to be a PS5 exclusive and, that it still is, but now it's like a Microsoft game studio. Oh, yeah. Game. So strange. <laughs> that one and uh, Ghostwire, which we'll talk about later. Yep. Um, I stand t- uh, to still be timed exclusives, but they're going to be. I wouldn't be surprised if as soon as their timed exclusivity runs out, they're day one Game Pass games. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll be there. So if you don't want to play this immediately on PS5, then buy your yep. time, six months, 12 months, whatever it ends up being. It'll be and there. Get sure. it on Game Pass. And yeah, it it doesn't look bad. It looks fun. I don't know if it's a day one for me, um, but it's uh, I, I'm still I'm still like semi on the fence. I, I'd rather wait on it and see. 
I know, I know this is the easy out, but Game Pass, I would try it just to see what it's like. But I'm so mm-hmm. far deep in the Arcane catalog. People rave about Dishonored. People rave about Prey. Mm-hmm. That if I needed to, because I've seen the gameplay and it looks like those. And if I needed to scratch that itch, like, man, I wonder what that's like in a campaign. I have yeah. that. So I'm kind of cool on that just because I feel like I'm so far back in their catalog that this iteration is just another one. It's not going to do anything for me. So I, I, that's part of my issue with that. And that's yeah. just me personally. But it looks it, it does look great. I just it's it's an arcane game. It's one of those. Uh, moving on with uh, some of the other game uh, games shown off, they showed off uh, Moss uh, Book Two. That was surprising, uh, and that was pretty surprising. Very awesome. It looks beautiful, and they did announce um, that it will uh, get a VR uh, support as well. Uh, then there was Arcade Geddon, <laughs> uh, which is a uh, multiplayer shooter. Uh, will actually early access started the day of the show and the full launch will be next year, 2021, uh, tribes of Midgard. That looked pretty good. Yeah. That was the kind of, um, almost like Diablo esque. Yeah. Looking game. I'm trying to think of the right way to describe it too. It's like a top down isometric style. Yeah. Look really uh, good. Hunters Legend or Hunters Arena uh, Legends, uh, which will be, and I think they said most of these are going to be PS4, PS5 games. Um, but this is the MMO RPG kind of battle royale kind of. They just mishmashed together a bunch of game styles. It seems like, mm-hmm. um, but it it doesn't look bad. It looks interesting. Um, Fist, uh, forged in shadow, uh, out September. <laughs> shadow the torch. T and, yes. the T and we got to put the T in fist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is out September, uh, and that's the kind of two D Metroidvania uh, style game, uh, and that will actually be on PS4, PS5, and PC. That looked pretty uh, this good September. That was, yeah, that, that was probably good. one of my games of the show if I had to pick one. Uh, the next one was probably still my my in- anticipated indie title. This looks good. From, yeah, looks from good. Sony uh, is uh, Sifu. Uh, they sh- they did announce that it got delayed uh, to 2022, but they did show off a little bit of the um, of the mechanic where if you die, you age, and obviously you can only age so far. This game, it's either going to be extremely fun, really addicting, or it's going to be hard as hell and frustrating. But I'm I'm totally in on this game. I want to I want to play it. I need it in looks my hands. Really good, uh, a roguelike brawler type deal. Yeah, it the, looks like they they've really made, and it could still shit the bed, but it looks like they could. <laughs> you know, these are tried and true between running and gunning and procedurally generated levels and things like this they seem to have carved out a niche that no one has thought of and that's what that's what seems impressive about this and it seems to play super smooth looks almost like the arkham style fighting as you switch between yeah uh, hand-to-hand hand-to-hand combat but you're bursting Mm -hmm. into rooms it's was that like hotline miami where you have to like 
methodically go through rooms and, and kill all these different enemies and uh, or like super hot, except, you know, super hot. You have the time mechanic. But this, yeah, that's the hand to hand combat base. Uh, and then this uh, jet, the far shore, um, this is the one where you're like a ship and you explore different uh, planets, areas. Um, figuring out the the basically the lay of each different planet, studying um, the atmosphere, animals, everything about it. Jet. And let's see. Next, uh, we got a little bit from uh, Sega as we went into uh, the Demon Slayer game. It's all good Which too, is... and I've seen I've seen that episode that they that they were doing it on <laughs> the mansion episode. Yeah, the mansion that shit was awesome. The guy with the no. Yep. He was and this intense. is out uh, October PC, PS4, uh, PS5, Xbox One, and the series co- consoles will also be out on those. Is it going to follow that show? Is that kind uh, of? As most of these anime-based games do, I'm sure it will follow. Um, it'll probably follow the show up to whatever arc. It'll you know yeah. go through whatever whatever arc in the show and then stop. Um, it's gonna it's gonna cover Final Selection, First Mission, Asukasa, Suzumi Mansion, Naragumi Mountain, and uh, Rehabilitation Training Arc. So okay, so the uh, first season, believe it or not, or the movie, first season, the movie's a Mugen Train arc. Uh, believe it or not, there's only eleven arcs in Demon Slayer altogether. So oh, wow. seven of them's already been shown. There's only the last four left. But uh, the Hashida training arc is pretty long. It's like uh, it's probably the Hashida training arc is probably gonna take fifty two episodes. So whoa, dang, that's a uh, Demon Slayer filler. Uh, there's no filler. The series is done, so they would it will be straight manga the whole way through. So, wow, there's still a lot of stories to be told. I, I I will knock the HD generation, as it were, for a lot of different things that it brought us in gaming, good and bad. But uh, like anime title games, we no longer had to imagine like, oh, it kind of looks like Naruto. <laughs> it's a pretty good <laughs> representation. Like this shit looks, it looks like the anime at this point, right? Yeah. So sorry, you watch more. Maybe you have more of an insight, but it seems like that margin has grown has grown way uh, shorter than it was. Yeah, I mean they actually fit the the bill and paid the money to get the English voice actors for this. Typically, they don't do that. So nice. And the English voice acting is the same quality they have on the TV show. So this might be worth supporting. This sounds like a good one. What was next, Brent? Uh, they talked a little bit about Lost Judgment and how we'll be getting a uh, free next-gen upgrade, or Path to Victory, as we like to call it, <laughs> as coined by Cesar Concepcion. I thought this was exclusive to next-gen. I guess I'm wrong on that one. Mm-hmm. It makes sense to come out on those consoles with, uh, you know, 100,000-plus install base. 100 million-plus, I'm sorry. And then lastly, because uh, we already talked about Deathloop, they ended the show with Deathloop. But before that, they did show off a little bit more of uh, Death, Sta- Death Stranding's director's cut, uh, which uh, I did not play this game. Kojima's y'all's uh, 
guy, but it looks like there's plenty of new content. Um, Wait, are you not a Kojima fan? No comment. Where do I find Brant's indie eye source? It's he's, he makes different games. I'll give you he that. Does. That, he that is that is absolutely games. fine that you have that take. And this, and I didn't. By the, I think when I talked about this for game of the year and put it in my top five, I don't think I've played any of it since then. <laughs> but it definitely, it definitely was different. You have to give it that. It's not like anything else out there when you play Death Stranding. So what's, what's interesting is this looked more combat heavy. At least this trailer made it seem that way. Which, I mean, from every person I've talked to that has gone through the game, it's not a very combat-heavy game. It's no. story and it's walking. And yeah, peeing. Cargo. It's cargo-heavy. Yeah. Did I ever pee? Yeah, I peed the mushroom thing. <laughs> Did you ever pee? I'm trying to think. I had just gotten a vehicle and was starting to build uh, bridges and ladders and things like that when, when I think I tapped out on it. See, but now you can get, uh, you know, some kind of little robot, and it can it can carry your yeah. stuff. You can you can. It looks like that first Metal Gear thing that was in yeah. the Snatcher or uh, Police Nuts. Hop on a bike and jump off a ramp. There's you know new guns and all sorts of all sorts of fun stuff in there, and that's out uh, September 24th. Did they say uh, anything about uh, the haptic feedback or the triggers or anything? Because I could see him Kojima going nuts with that dual yeah, sense. Yeah, I, I believe there it, it's going to have. Everything, the 3D audio, the haptic feedback, and um, the adaptive triggers. Uh, and then I know uh, a couple days ago, Kojima came out and said how he was very displeased with them calling it Director's Cut. Oh. Um, he, he thinks of it in respect to the way that they talk about film, how Director's Cut refers to things that were cut. They were, you Makes know, sense. they were removed from the final product right. and that a director's cut is technically putting in things that weren't that that weren't right. meant for the theatrical release. But this yeah. is like we gave you the version that was added, we gave you the version that we that we did not want to show you to start with. But, you know, the big wigs at Sony or something have to have ran some kind of focus group because we've got Ghost of uh, Tsushima director's cut and now we've got Death Stranding director's cut and. He, he said he'd prefer to call it Director's Plus. Yeah. Which would have been his naming spot. So, uh, I'm surprised I didn't let him do it. <laughs> I'm leaning towards I'm leaning towards Brant's anti-Kojima stance just because <laughs> of that one comment. Yeah. Uh, the cool thing is that all the, the extras from the PC version, all the Half-Life and Cyberpunk 2077 stuff is going to be in the PS5 version. So. Okay, cool. Good additions to the Director's Cut. What would you call that then if it's not director's cut? Because that is he, he's heavy into film. So this is the person who would come yeah. out and say something like that. Yeah, I mean, it does. We've got we've got all sorts of things that are, you know, we've got the Uncharted collection. We've got, you know, what did that uh, add? Though? Definitive. That add we've got, you know, oh, definitive uh, remastered. And we've got all sorts of things, you know, definitive stranding. Yes. Strandinist death strandinist edition. Game of the Year edition. You know, we've got all sorts of things that have yeah. been tacked on to games to show their extra content, you know. And you know you're getting that shit when you get that version. You know yeah. that in that title, it's like, okay. But the same thing with Director's Cut. Or, or you, it, does your mind automatically go to, 
Well, they wanted to put this in the original game. They just couldn't. No, not at least not for me. When it when you go to talking about games, yeah. I mean, this will be the definitive version, unlike maybe like a Blade Runner, where you're, you're like, okay, is the director's cut? Is that how it should be? Should I consume the first one first and then watch that one, or should I watch the 2000 director's cut? If he was gonna follow like a, a movie naming convention, he probably would have been like a Death Stranding amended amended version or something like that. And usually, there's movies with amended yeah. in there. Which uh, stands for revised or modified or edited or extended, or like so the year extended like cut been on there too. So, Death Stranding next or Death Stranding twenty twenty one or something like that. I don't know. Death Stranding Twin Snakes. <laughs> Should just one with extended cut. Extended cut's good. That's better than director's cut, especially if the director himself has spoken up and said he yeah. wasn't too keen on it. All right, that was your state of play. That was a good one. They had all kinds of shit in there. Yeah, it was, um, you know, they tempered expectations beforehand. And I think there's they said still... no God of War, no Horizon, right? Yeah. That was their main thing? Yeah, they said it was Indies and Deathloop. And that's and no, what it was. No PSVR or two. Yeah. yeah. They said that there would be more announcements later on in the summer. But then say what those will be, so. So, you know, they Stay could tuned. shoot in the next month or so. They could just blow us away um so we'll just I, wait i'm certain that the next announcement will probably be a horizon release date that's the closest thing on there they seem to be playing stuff yeah. close to the chest like nintendo is i don't think they're going to start doing like they used to back in the past so they learned that lesson what midway through last gen and kind of stuck with that ever since yeah because even when they did god of war they did like they would have done like nintendo would have did they dropped it and now they're going to leave it alone until it gets closer so um. All right, next up, this comes from VideoGamesChronicle.com and Chris Skoulian. Lost Judgment may be the last in the series due to actor image rights, it's claimed. A Japanese report suggests actor Takuya Kimura's agency is blocking potential PC versions. Uh, Japanese showbiz news site Nikon Taishu claims that sources tell it Kimura's talent agency, Johnny and Associates, have been blocking PC versions of games in the Judgment series. Because they don't want Kimura to appear in PC games. I just like, uh, I would like to announce that uh, this is a little bit of conflict of interest because we are also represented by Johnny and Associates. So uh, it's kind of weird to read that out loud. Uh, while it's not entirely clear why this is, the site suggests that because Johnny and Associates has strict control over the likeness rights of its talents. And the use of their image online is still limited to a few. The agency may be treating PC games differently because home computer have act, direct access to the internet. That was weird. Uh, what? So basically he can be modded in and out of the PC version and that's the concern? Also, uh, what else is Takuya Kimura known for? Is he famous outside of Judgment? I don't Is this his agency that represents him? So it's part yeah. of how they're handling it. I don't know how, like I said, I don't know enough speak on Japanese agencies, so. I mean, he is amazing. Cesar, I saw that clip of uh, you walking him down into that corridor and then, like, fruits and vegetables flying everywhere, so he he definitely has some skill that should not be spread across multiple platforms, I guess. I I know he's one of those gentlemen that, uh, he, trying to find the American equivalent of over here, because his wife is pretty famous, and both his daughters are pretty famous, and they're, got a lot of followers on Instagram. Uh, Tom Cruise. His daughter's probably close to like a Kardashian type thing. That's what I'm saying. I don't know what would oh. be the equivalent. They're they're pretty. His whole family's pretty big in Japan. 
I'm drawing a blank. That's not dead air. That's all of us thinking of an American I, equivalent. I'm Homer saying, Simpson. I'm just saying they're all. Over <laughs> they're all. Holy uh, shit, <laughs> all very famous. Cesar, this Judgment series, is it based off this one character? Could it not be spun off of, you know, we get, you had the first one. You've played it through twice now, I think. You got a second game in the series. Could they not spin that off into something else? Are they stuck like uh, Kiryu from the Yakuza well, games? I was going to say, wasn't that the whole thing with Like a Dragon? It was, they spun it off with a new yeah. character. Can you not just do that and make another Judgment game with somebody else? Or are we stuck with this guy? I don't know. I mean, there's nobody in that. His team that'll probably be interesting, especially with him doing the PI stuff and the courtroom drama. There's other interesting characters in there, but he's kind of like a jack of all trades. A lot of the other ones are more suited to what their roles are. Yeah. So unless you you make some, it's like you taking a, it's like you taking um. I feel like we're the Phillips team. We got the Zelda license. It's like let's not make a Zelda game with that link <laughs> guy. Let's make let's make a Zelda game with somebody else. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to find an example here. I guess the equivalent would be like uh, Hotel Mario. It's like it's like you look at the original Alien cast, and you're like, all right, okay. we're not gonna do uh, Ripley anymore. We're gonna do Scarret, but he's only good at on the computer all the time, and we're just gonna kind of show his angle a bit. And just make him go out and range and fight aliens and make it believable. Okay. So, it's like specifically you specifically alien. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you. I would. It's like you going in there and like finding this main minor character or a supporting character. Like, all right, we're gonna make you major character and and, and right. make you do stuff you haven't done before and just make it believable. But they got people behind Judgment. Could they not? Could they not do something else outside of both of those two franchises? Is sure. that is that a big deal? Uh, I think everybody's making a big deal about it because the characters are likable in here. Right. So, and they would like know. an arc similar to Yakuza. It's, right? like, it's like the same example I gave you. It's like you coming up there and they've done it. They they made aliens without Ripley, but it's like you wanted. A, it's like Ripley kind of kind of a staple of the alien movies. I mean, you really want to watch yeah. alien movie without Ripley? You know what I mean? Uh, Halo's a good example. Uh, that's the campaign we haven't beat, Cesar. What is yeah. what is Halo without Master Chief? Who wants to play that? No. Not Jim I mean, Ryan. To answer your question, I think your question is: There's somebody else in that franchise that can take over the lead role that might not have all those um, mundane uh, issues with it. But I, I don't. When I play, there's other good supporting characters. But I, I if they went, there's a uh, ex Yakuza character, it would just end up being another Yakuza game. Yeah, he made it different because he was a lawyer. I see what you're he, saying. He yeah. went to school. He trained to be a lawyer. He lost in. He won in court, but he lost in life. And he's like, he's like a jack of all trades. He's a private investigator now, because the court system let him down. Is so. two games enough? Is that okay? Can we can we be done with two judgment games and then move on and then they do that something else since they don't have this actor? Sure. I mean, the only thing that that's bad from it is that the the new Yakuza games are staying turn based and they were going to keep the the judgment games more right. of the old school Yakuza gameplay. So they would have to do something else to appease yeah. those fans. So. It would be some new IP, maybe, or something. So, who knows? That might be the way they have to go. We'll talk about it later if it happens. All right. Uh, someone tell us about this Nickelodeon Smash Brothers that was announced. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this was kind of out of nowhere. I think um, it's IGN that kind of had this trailer. They got exclusive 
debut to this trailer. It was kind of odd. Came out of nowhere, but this is Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl, uh, and it will be for PS5, uh, Xbox Series Systems, PS4, PS... or uh, The other... Yeah, the regular Xbox and Switch. Uh, And I'm assuming PC? I don't know. Uh, I think when they came out, they kind of had just said it will be for supporting platforms, and then came out later and said you had all these consoles listed. Um... And it is. It's just a fighting game in the style of uh, basically Super Smash Brothers, um, featuring several characters from the Nickelodeon from all Nickelodeon franchises. Uh, Twenty th- uh, twenty Nickelodeon themed levels. Um, of course, bonus content. Uh, they announced a handful of characters here, uh, and I will I will assume they will have more unlockable characters, but the ones that they announced are Dan, Danny Fen, uh, Phantom, uh, Helga Pataki from Hey Arnold, uh, Leonardo and Michelangelo from uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, and let's, let's note these are the OG Ninja Turtle art style. I was kind of out on this game till I saw that. And then my excitement went through the roof. <laughs> um, uh, Lincoln and Lucy loud. From Loud House, uh, Nigel Thornberry, uh, Oblina from Aura Monsters, Patrick Starr, and Sandy Cheeks, and SpongeBob from SpongeBob SquarePants, Powdered Toastman from Ren and Stimpy, Reptar from Reptar. Rugrats, <laughs> oh my gosh, and Zim from Invader Zim. Uh, so they, I already gosh. have people on, on Twitter saying that they were going to main Nigel Thornberry as their main. So. <laughs> <laughs> Nigel Thornberry main. Yeah. <laughs> That, oh gosh! That and people he's, were complaining about the hitboxes from the trailer. They're like, "This hitbox is ridiculous." <laughs> I mean, his nose is f- fucking huge. Oh, those turtles, man! I wanna, I wanna see all of these levels. If there's a, um, it just says iconic Nickelodeon universes, including Jellyfish Fields, um, the Techno Dome from. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, I really wish they would have oh, like all real monsters. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I really wish they'd have like uh, what was it? Nickelodeon Studios, like a backdrop of Nickelodeon Studios, the old one from the nineties. Oh, with, with like the, green the, shit, the slime the green pool shit. Yeah. and yeah. Slime. Oh, there's Helga. She was a good character, actually. Okay, I'm I'm down with this. I'm watching this trailer. I'm down with these characters. Yes, it it, it and it's it straight up Smash Brothers. Yeah, it is. It is definitely a Smash clone. Um, it looks a little janky, but it also looks so ridiculous that it looks kind of good. I so know. think of all those cartoons that you have to put the same engine. You have to you have to apply them to the same art style to make it. Yeah, you know, make it universal. universal. Yeah. yeah, and uh, it, from what I'm looking at in this trailer, it looks incredible. Oh, hell yeah. Everybody check out this trailer. It's straight up Smash Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> the movement, everything looks like Smash Brothers. And they have so much to pull from. This is a very smart choice. And it's only, did I see it was 40 bucks? Did I see that somewhere? Uh, Seems like a so. no-brainer, 40 bucks. Game mill, so yeah. They typically do stuff under a certain budget amount. So. Not bad. 
Alrighty, last up in news, we made it almost an hour in. <laughs> I was like, come on, let's have a quick show. We can do this. Uh, Microsoft's PS5 exclusive Ghostwire Tokyo is delayed until 2022. Tango Gameworks says it's protecting employees' health. This comes from The Verge, Ghostwire Tokyo. The paranormal action game from Japanese studio Tango Gameworks is being delayed to early 2022. They posted in a tweet. Uh, they will show more of the game in the coming months. We want to get the game in your hands as soon as possible so you can experience the unforgettable version of a haunted Tokyo that we've been hard at work building. At the same time, we're also focused on protecting the health of everyone at Tango. The announcement reads, our new release window will give us time to bring the world of Ghostwire to life as we've always envisioned it. The game was originally stated for release in fall of this year. Uh, it was announced in 2019, and of course, uh, I forgot her name, Ikumi Nakamura. Thank you, The Verge. She stepped away from Tango uh, due to health concerns at the time, so she's no longer part of that as well. Um, uh, go back to that quote of a delayed game will be better eventually, a rushed game is bad, was the Miyamoto quote. I butchered it. And, but also people's health. Like, let's let's take care of that first. Video games can wait. we got plenty to play now as it is, right? Mm-hmm. Aside so. from the obvious, you know, <laughs> itis that's been going on within the past year. Oh, yeah. And no, then uh, along with uh, the cyberpunk debacle, I think everybody would much rather uh, them delay a game and make There's- sure it is gorgeous and and the actual vision that the people want it to be rather than a jumbled mess or a hurried mess and you know have to do with crunch and you know yeah and not be not be what it was or what it was supposed to be or promised i can't believe that uh i mean this is a side note but the tokyo olympics is just not going to be the same there's no spectators there yeah and they're they're having a rise in 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 cases, I don't know if this is the new Delta variant. I haven't looked into much of the what they're dealing with, but they're having to quarantine athletes, and the IOC flew out there, and they were kind of isolated, and it just seems like a mess. Like, why not wait until this is a big thing? You've already pushed it back one year. What's another year? Yeah. Uh, unless it's messing with Winter Olympics at that point. Uh, I think the IOC said if it wasn't happening this year, they would cancel Tokyo altogether. It was this year or bust. But they've already lost their ass. Like, what are they getting by not having spectators there? That's huge boon in sales. Yeah. And this, I mean, it, it is a thing for me because I remember when the Olympics were in Atlanta, which is our hometown, and it it was such a thing here between that and the Paralympics. Also, I went to a lot more Paralympic events than I was able to go to Olympic events. But I just can't even imagine them them building these venues and getting ready for this and marketing it and making the game of the year last year for Cesar and I to play Witcher time on. And they just can't have people there that makes it, you know, you have all these visitors and these nationalities and every, everybody that comes in, they got, you would think they would tell the IOC, like pump the brakes, man. We can, we can do this next year. It's just, it's bizarre to me. It's not, uh, it's not Tokyo's fault. IOC told me it was this year next year. They tried to push it back, and IOC was like, nope. Yeah, because uh, there was a poll from Japanese citizens who want to go. They want to volunteer. They backed out of volunteering. They want to go to the events. They backed out of you know going to events. Well, they, they're banned from going to events now. And then, like, what was it, 75 80% of people that were polled said, 
they wish the Olympics weren't coming because of everything that's going on. Like, oh, already a year delayed. It stinks, man. We're missing out. I miss the Olympics. <laughs> Olympics are so much fun. I end up getting invested in even just like marathon. Like it's 26.2 miles and you'll get invested in this coverage that they're doing because they don't they don't follow the whole race for 26.2 miles, but they check in and you just get invested mm-hmm. in these stories and this person from this country and what they overcame and how they had to train and where their origin story and just, God, the Olympics are so freaking awesome. This It's a humanitarian story and for it to be maybe it won't be and i'm speaking early because it's it's a week out two weeks out it's close right soon yeah yeah and they may pull it off it may be fine with no spectators and we're just watching because we don't go right we're watching it on tv regardless so we'll just be viewing it on tv but i know that athletes they pull from the crowd and and there's that whole atmosphere that that lends behind it but it's just Shit's still going on. The itis, as Brant put it. Also, uh, looking at this article, I'm enjoying that The Verge put it as Microsoft's PS5 exclusive <laughs> Ghostwire Tokyo. <laughs> That's the second one we talked about yeah. this episode. Microsoft yeah. has all these uh, PS5 exclusives. I, I, love, I, people, love, I love people on Twitter just getting mad about that, and, and they have to go in there and correct it. I, 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 they do it on purpose now just to piss people off. That's why I laugh at it, because I was like, Oh, for sure. I just want this. You know, the argument has always been like PS3 has no games. Xbox One has no games. Switch has no games. There's always been some sort of has no games thing. That same crowd that would be hollering PS5 has no games. It's Xbox. This is first party Xbox games like Deathloop and uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. Yeah, it's like you said, it's like this argument. They mean like Sony has more microsoft first party games on their console and then microsoft has on there so it's like it's the same thing that, that people just love to troll on uh, twitter about yeah, that one's good too <laughs> but honestly i mean if you were to say shoot even five years ago but five ten years ago that you'd start seeing sony games on microsoft platform and microsoft games on on sony and and yeah. uh nintendo platforms would you like have believed it but here we are, and it's happening. Skyward Sword, Skyward Sword without motion control. For me, there's always been Microsoft games on Game Boys games, and you had Sony Image Works on Super Nintendo for a long time. And the one that surprised me is the fucking uh, Nintendo copyright on the PS5 game. That surprises me. So, which With, one was uh, that again? Fatal Frame. Fatal Frame. Oh yeah. It still it still has copyright in Nintendo on there, and it's getting published on that console. So, I'm not too surprised on the other ones. That, so like, eh, that is the surprising. It, it's interesting to look at. I'm like, oh, that's different. But the, the most surprising one is to see a Nintendo copyright on a Sony and an Xbox console. Yeah. Right. But we've been playing games for a long time, and that's not a common occurrence, this cross. Um, I mean, you ask what I've, what I've seen. I, I don't right. It doesn't boggle my mind. I can't speak for anybody else. So. Be somebody and they're, they're leaning into the marketing, too, that, yeah. which is interesting. Because the, the, one of the most recent Xbox Game Pass commercials they had, the person was playing with a DualShock. And you would not have seen that, like Brant was saying, five, ten years ago, you would not have seen that happening, where a person has X and triangle and square box. Someone called it box one. Yeah. Cross, box, triangle, square. You just wouldn't see that, you know? So. Uh, Games played. We ready? Let's do it. 
All right, who's starting us off? <laughs> some th- some mine's Sea of easy. Thieves, Bridge Crew. Mine's easy. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm locked deep into uh, summer anime right now, so I haven't been playing much. I think I okay. Literally only played maybe like ten hours of Dragon Quest Four. Uh, I got past uh, Tornico's uh, bit where he goes through and finally got past that bullshit where I just got stuck in the salesman cycle. Um, I saved up enough money and bought a weapon. Uh, went out and got the steel strong box. Um, Is that all you had to do to get out of that mini game or whatever? Well, I mean, you, you as you go through the game, there's little hints that give you like, hey, the the in shopkeeper wants to tell you something. The in shopkeeper's like, hey, there's a rumor of a cave up north that has a strong box and. And the rumor is, is if you die with a strong box, you keep all of your money when you die. And, you know, nobody can steal your money bullshit. So you have to go into the cave, get the strong box. And then it goes into the next thing like, hey, you know, there's a village of, like with foxes that are tricking people. And you go down there and there's like a, a architect that's called Archie D Tech or something like that. Uh, it's basically an architect um, where he's stuck in that whole little uh village of foxes that are tricking him that thinks there's a woman pulling him in there. It's like getting caught in this trance. And so you go down to the next kingdom below uh, Balamore Castle and it tells you like, hey, the bridge is out, but I'm waiting for the architect to show up. So you have to go up there and figure out how to get the architect out of that whole loop. Uh, then you get the bridge built. Um, then you go into the next kingdom and it starts a whole thing where the kingdom's trying to bait another kingdom. It's like this whole grand adventure that starts up and Tornico ends up like stopping the war between the two kingdoms and he gets his own shop. And from that point on there, you, you build a bridging connecting tunnel to the continent across. And that's where his chapter ends. Oh, he's oh. looking for like the legendary sword. So as you go through, I mean, you haven't played the chosen yet outside the prologue, but you're playing like, I guess I might, I never played Dragon Quest four before, but I'm guess you're playing these people. They're going to make up your party at some point. Right. And all of them have their own reasons of going through this world for whatever reason. They have, they're not pulled onto this quest that it seems to be forming up yet. But I think for me, I think the last one I'm on is on, I uh, just started the Mina and Maya one where they're trying to avenge their father who was killed by their former student. And so they're, they're like a, I guess they're a dancer, which is, I guess, their equivalent of like a stripper type thing. So they're, they're like traveling um, yeah. around the continent trying to look for their uh, father's for, former student who murdered him. And so they can get revenge and kill him. So I think I'm maybe like uh, two hours into that chapter. Um, and I think after I beat that chapter is when I finally start the quest with the main hero. So I think it's about 10 hours chosen. to start the main game. Yeah, the chosen one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, outside of that, nothing's really changed. I mean, each one has their own play styles. Uh, I think the the one that's most memorable is uh, Tornico's play style because he doesn't have magic. Um, but he does have a lot of support skills. So you can do like, a, like, paddle, like paddle feet, I think, or something like that, where you can mask your your steps so you're not getting random attacks every five seconds so it turns it off for like a minute or two so you can go through there <laughs> does that help uh it does help um there's abilities where he can sniff out treasure and he can find it if there's any treasure located in a level you haven't gotten he'll let you know so each one has their own like different abilities that would be useful in a party so yeah um but yeah that's it for me that's all i played this week uh outside of my normal whatever irks me thing so <laughs> are you playing that on 3ds the um, ds version 3D, uh, the DS on 3DS, yeah. Okay, that's right. Yeah, I mean, because the only other way you can do it is uh, what NES. Uh, I don't know if there's a Super NES port. There might be. I know there's a PlayStation port. And that we didn't DS get. One. That yeah. was advertised. 
Because <laughs> I think Dragon Quest V, they skipped the PlayStation port and they went to the PS2 port for that one, so we, right. which we didn't get. So yeah. Dragon Quest VI, the PS2 port, we, we didn't get either. So Well, I, I don't know. Dragon Quest VI might be that weird one that only came out on DS, I think, maybe. I don't know. There's one of them out there. Here? Or the uh, remake? And the remake. Like, they only remade it, and they only made, uh, the remake only came out on DS, I think. Do you have that Tornado game for PS1? I remember that being a a title. What do you do in that if you have it? Yeah, what do you do in that? It is a it's made by Chunsoft, so that should tell you. Okay. They only make mysterious dungeon games, so it's a dungeon crawler. Gotcha. So it's like Shirin, the Wanderer, like all those other ones where it's a randomly generated dungeon. That's all that is. Cool. Whether or not what takes place in that universe, I don't know. I've, I've owned it for a while, and it's not, I never played it. So, all right, that's it for me. You go ahead and wrap this bad boy up. Use uh, guys. Brent, tell us about some Super Metroid. Uh, well, first of all, uh, I did get into the weeds, and I texted you about it. Those damn. Uh, oh no! Because... No! No! <laughs> not, no! 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 Everyone, turn off your. Oh. Turn off Spotify, turn off iHeartRadio, turn off iTunes, turn off Google Play, whatever, YouTube, whatever you're following us on. Don't go down <laughs> this wormhole with Brant. Let, oh. let him do it to himself. So I literally almost spent like, what is it, like 260 some dollars on that damn uh, Kurtz. Uh, it used to be called... Crit, uh, is it Chris? Chris Everdrive? Crits, Kurtz, Crits. I think it's crits. Um, but it used to be the SD to SNES EverDrive. And now, I guess because of copyright, they've changed it to like FX Pack Pro or something like that. Something like that. But uh, it has this special chip in it uh, that allows it to play these uh, Super Nintendo games that they call MSU1 Enhanced Games. Uh, and if you. What does that mean? So the standard size on a SNES game was about uh, anywhere up to a max of four megabytes. And MSU games basically removes that and puts it up to four gigs. Uh, <laughs> four gigs. <laughs> what, what benefits would I get from having a four gig Super Nintendo 16-bit game, Brant? So... Forever ago, before PlayStation got into the console game, they were in the process of a partnership with Nintendo. And there is a Nintendo PlayStation model out there that is like just kind of a prototype that people have spent money on and tried to develop and get things running on it. But it was going to be a CD add-on. And instead, you know... Nintendo went with uh, Philips and the CDI, which was why does the CDI the have correct this episode was the correct choice, obviously. But um, they wanted to to add disc media, um, which would have added uh, much like the Sega CD, FMV, and um, Red Book Red audio. audio. So which CD quality audio. is yes, yep, and. Yeah, Oh, it loops, and it is... Oh, if you look up this stuff, and you look up MSU um, enhanced... MSU 1 enhanced games um, like Metroid, like Chrono Trigger, like um, 
the Legend of Zelda, you will find these games that, and I have no problem with 8-bit or 16-bit music. I, I love some of that music. Great. But hearing hearing these games uh, and people go through the game with CD quality audio and it's like this grand orchestral uh, set piece to the game changes it more than you would think. And uh, a lot of this is uh, a lot of these games and you can find them. Um, obviously, there's tutorials to do it yourself. You can think play. Of, th- think of and I'm cutting you off, Brant. You're think of hear. the audio as in in that Super Nintendo audio chip, which de- was developed by Ken Kutaragi, the creator mm. of the PlayStation. That is a hell of an audio chip. People would not knock the Super Nintendo. It's it had a separate audio coprocessor and it was incredible. But it's still it's still compressed and relayed audio to the way we we would hear it in a different way from when it was written. And what Brand is describing is the original intention of that music. It's the same notes. It's the same. It's everything you had heard before, but it's before running through that Super Nintendo filter, as it were, which still did a great job. But it, it was not quite the original written uh format as it were and the reason i say i almost spent that much money on that specific (laughs) piece of hardware is because that is the only way you can play it as far as i know the only way you can play it on original hardware without any kind of internal mods to the actual system um you can play those um msu1 um enhanced titles if you uh boot them up in certain emulators i know but yeah, if if you have if you have time and want to go down the rabbit hole, start start looking them up. The uh, the link to the past uh, will will floor you because most of these are done by just individuals, and they've added like a full um, original animation cutscene to the opening of Link to the Past, and it looks really good the voice acting is is pretty it's it's, outside of link talking outside of link talking which again uh we got that with the cdi uh but this is actually and the cartoon yeah this is actually pretty good voice acting and everything in it but it is kind of jarring to see link talk um but i mean everything about it it's it's so good and then once you get into the actual game and then you start hearing the soundtrack it's so good, so good, and I wanted to experience it, but I just i i couldn't pull the trigger at almost, you know, do it, uh, Brant, six hundred and seventy bucks. You know, we're gonna pull your retro six hundred, two hundred and two hundred and seventy bucks. It's just, oof, it's too, that's too much. That's a console or a TV, yeah. another TV or something. Yeah, oof, something. that goes a long ways. It's it's fine, Richard. Just return your Polymeg and you can buy it. Uh, that's gonna be for a Mister, <laughs> sir. I'm definitely going to miss her with that money because I'm, I'm going to file my complaint before too long. Oh, but I even I even saw people using this particular flash cart to play some of these games on original hardware and it looked good. It sounded good. And they were commenting on how the color palette and everything, it, was, it looked better than the um, uh, Sega CD add on because the SNES technically had a better color palette. Uh, and it was like 
it was like twelve thousand colors to like nine hundred something, if I yeah. remember right. It was a it was a drastic number of color differences, and you didn't you didn't really think about that back then. No. I, I don't think they leaned into that with marketing, with the blast processing and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But it's like the color palette was through the roof on that thing versus what the Genesis could produce. Uh, but enough about that. Uh, I did stay within the Super Nintendo realm and uh, continue playing Super Metroid. Last week I had uh, beaten Zero Mission and started Super Metroid and was commenting about going through, uh, you know, uh, where I had been before in Zero Mission and, and revisiting some of this. Um and today and you actually became the the super and today i became continuing with this uh summer of samus that i've started and i'm looking to complete uh i even bought a shirt for the occasion oh this, now we're talking this beautiful look uh, at that and it even says super metroid at the bottom you're summoning super samus the summer of the summer of samus summer of samus uh, but yes, I com- I completed uh, Super Metroid right as right before we officially started the podcast. Um, and, and you did like it. It was a letdown from Zero Mission. Ooh, it was is a damn good game. It's a <laughs> damn good game. This is this is a classic. I can't believe. I mean, I guess it just because I was I was young and you know, attention span wasn't what it could be and it was always you know yeah. run through a game up to a certain point if you get stuck then guess what you just restart the game you know and i know but, i know you played it on switch which is it's awesome that it's on that nintendo online service but yes. that has always been an expensive game was it on extremely it was on the wii virtual console right i think i bought it for that one mm-hmm. yeah all yeah. right so it's been it's been obtainable within the past like 15 years or so 20 years Instead of having to have that original hardware and that expensive game. Yeah, and it's definitely... Uh, it's not very expensive to get it on Virtual Console. You can probably still even get it from the um, the eShop on the 3DS. Um, it but there? yeah, it's... Oh, on the new 3DS, that's right. Yeah, the new 3DS. Should be inexpensive on there. But either way, if you've got a Switch, I mean, it's... And you have the online then it no come brainer. with that yeah mm-hmm. in that way you have the uh option as well to rewind that way if you uh miss something or if uh, a lot of times i used it in uh like in that last segment where i'm trying to run out of the damn uh place i'm at and i'm like falling down i can just rewind to where i uh, am all the way back up rather than falling down several yards from where I need to be. Uh, God bless the uh, rewind feature. Or, you know, if you're having difficulty with the boss and you're trying to figure out the pattern, you know, that's always an option too, rather than sitting there and fighting the boss and then dying and then redoing over and over and over. You can always go through, kind of pick up the pattern, pick up their attacks, how you're yeah. supposed to defeat them, and then you can rewind there. Uh, I mean, or you could just you you can play it normally. You don't even have to use the rewind. It's it's there for convenience. On on that note, I don't want to derail you. There was uh, some beef online about Psychonauts Two is going to have an invincibility mode. You can turn on just a god mode and just go through mm-hmm. the story and the campaign as you as you see fit. 
and there was a whole lot of kickback about that's not the way the game is meant to be played and you need to have it challenging and that's uh it's taken away from the creators and all that kind of sounds like dark souls and demon souls people and the, and the argument for that is that there there's so much lore in those games that why would you want to feel like a gatekeeper and and cut people off from experiencing that atmosphere and that lore and all that it doesn't have to be uh you know the difficulty does not weigh on that series as much as that it, it could be there could be so much more in the story that somebody could experience just by going going in there and playing on a on a mode that was more accessible to them um and especially, I mean, from an accessibility standpoint, I mean, somebody may not be able to do some of those challenging bits. Um, or, or time sake, even for, for you yeah, with Super Metroid. Sake. It's like, I, I know you have a job. I know you have a family. You have other mm-hmm. things pulling you in different directions. That jump is not life or death. Deciding whether you restart 10 minutes back or not, you just rewind and, and do it again. Yeah. So it's great that those things are there and... And I remember Cesar a couple weeks ago. I was like, "You beat Mass Effect in 13 hours." <laughs> yeah, I played on easy. I never, I never died. I never lost a fight. And he's like, "Yeah, there you go." <laughs> I love that story. It's probably going to be in my game of the year conversation. I didn't miss out on anything in that first Mass Effect game by playing on on the easiest mode. But that's ahead, the thing. I don't want to derail. I mean, even as a even as a parent too. I mean, something like that. You. That's something you could give to your kids. And I mean, even if there's an easy mode, at least they can enjoy it rather than sitting yep. there and getting extremely frustrated with and it. Swearing and off the series, which yeah, I did. And then just not I doing it. Yeah. Bunch. I did with a bunch back in the day. It's not just that <laughs> demo oh, yeah. that I famously did of Dark Souls. <laughs> All right. I, but, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm not going to sit there and criticize anybody's personal choices in life. So I don't care. Yeah. When talking yeah. about difficulty, about what you buy, I, I, that has nothing to do with me. So No. And I would much rather someone have played, let's play Dark Souls. Let's say I played it on hard and somebody played it on easy. I would much rather talk about the lore of Dark Souls and the atmosphere and the graphics and the things that we encountered and what the stories that the game told versus that boss had more hit points on my version than it did yeah. your version. That's what it comes down to. It's so, it's so stupid. When or talking that, with know, anybody on a game, you yeah. are, the, the first conversation you have is, isn't just, Oh, you beat this game. Oh, how did you like it? You know, blah, blah, blah. That you, you talk about the experience you had, not that, Oh, you, you played that game. What, what difficulty, what difficulty you play on? Back to you Mass Effect. On easy? Did I miss, did I miss yeah. anything in Mass Effect by playing that on easy? No, I had, I had a, perfect scope and perfect view of mass effect it had nothing to do with what difficulty i added on so bravo to features and developers who are able to add in things like rewind or an easier difficulty or an accessibility option where the controller can be adapted to maybe the xbox adaptive controller or something that can be simplified for people of either younger age or uh, a specific disability that they may not have, that they can still enjoy the game. It's my soapbox. I'm done with that. It comes up every once in a while. I'm like, why are we still talking about this? (laughs) Games are for everybody. (laughs) Games were were for us when we were kids. Games were for us when we were adults. Games were there for us when we were teenagers, when we were confused, when we were confident, we were happy, when we were sad. Uh, games, and that's why we talk about it every week. Uh, games have no bounds. They are for everyone, and there should be zero barriers, in my opinion, for enjoying a game of any kind. So, so box is over. Yep. 
Uh, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's it. Uh, Super Metroid, um, you, you guys saw me beat it and then, uh, I'll <laughs> get into, lie. I'll get into fusion and continue with the, uh, f- finish up this summer of Samus and get ready for October. Uh, I'll wrap this up briefly. Uh, played a little Halo. It's <laughs> my Sea of Thieves now in Bridge Crew. Uh, some Halo and a little bit more of Ratchet and Clank. I'm in a universe where I'm switching in and out of. It's almost like. Um, do what now? Was it Blizzard? Yes, that's it. That's where I'm. Hit. I'm hitting those crystals. I'm hitting those Blizzard crystals, and it's taking uh, Rivet in and out of these different dimensions in of herself. Whereas we've just kind of been switching between Rivet and Ratchet. So. It has its own story elements. There's uh, some characters who <laughs> I'm encountering was uh, while I'm um, dimension swapping who have no clue what's going on. So it's kind of discerning for them exactly what they're dealing with. And I'm trying to just keep going. <laughs> don't get concerned with what they're dealing with. Uh, they don't know either. But the dimension swap stuff is still is super cool. Um, that game's incredible. We're going to, uh, I've said it last week. I said it probably two weeks before and three weeks before. We're going to be talking about that at in game of the year at the end of the year. But that one's pretty cool. I uh, threw a lot of stuff. I've got a new to me CRT that I hooked some things up to and took some pictures. I want to do a shout out. We don't do this a whole lot. There's a social media account. I've gotten to be pretty good friends with this person. Uh, they are at CRT underscore bot two. And we kind of send pictures back and forth of CRT setups and things like that. And um, this is a Toshiba tube. It's a 32A33. It's the biggest one that I have found. It's a big, heavy motherfucker. It's uh, 110 pounds. It's 32 inches. And it has component S-video. It has everything kind of old school-ish that you would want to throw at it. And I cheated a little bit because I have a Nintendo Wii that is outside of the uh, preferred scope of how Nintendo wants you to run that particular hardware. <laughs> so there are some things. <laughs> I sent Brand a picture, a picture of uh, Metroid Zero Mission playing on the Nintendo Wii, and I don't think that is technically possible, but it is on mine. So uh, there was a couple of things that I just fired up just to see kind of how they looked. And uh, this is the Wii that Cesar and I beat Luigi's Mansion on in... 2011 or 12, somewhere in that time range. We did an all-nighter and, and beat Luigi's Mansion. on Tumblr somewhere. It, <laughs> I know our... Oh, we played uh, Tomb Raider after that, and we had a glitch where <laughs> Laura Croft hit the ground and just screamed for like 40 <laughs> seconds. It was bad. I guess that was the precursor. Cesar, they saw her Tumblr page. That was the precursor to the 2013 Tomb Raider with all the grisly deaths. <laughs> She's just screaming and getting stabbed and shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I threw all kinds of stuff at it. Uh, Link to the Past, Super Metroid, Luigi's Mansion, um, Skyward Sword. I did that little intro just to see how I... Because Skyward Sword on Wii is native 16 by 9 There's no way to really force it to that 4x3 um, image on a CRT. There's a couple games for Wii like that. We can have a whole episode on that stuff, but... Uh, Jack and Daxter, I hooked the PS2 up to it on component and was just kind of running around with my save file and the first Ratchet and Clank that I talked about a couple weeks ago and just everything I threw at it. This this might be the one. I talk about a lot of CRTs on the show, but this this might be. I might settle on this one. It has all the inputs I need. It's It's got the size. The speakers are great. Uh, no geometry issues. Nothing's weird. Um, a good test for that if you don't want to do like 20, 240p 
uh, test suite or any of those type things is load up a Final Fantasy game. It'll have all the boxes of the characters and the hit points and things like that. And it'll be kind of, you can see that squared off image and kind of gauge how that needs to look on your CRT. But that's inside baseball tip on that one. Uh, so I did some tinkering. I did Halo and I played a little bit more Ratchet and Clank. Oh, I, I, last week I talked about the the challenges with the temples and I finished that bit. And obviously that's when I got to the... Was it Breezar? Is that what you were saying? Uh, Blizzar. I think Blizzar. it's Blizzar, Blizzar Prime is the name of the yeah. planet. The, the Blizzar crystals that you have to hit. And as as Rivet hits them with her hammer, she uh, switches in between the little dimensions inside that one place. I don't think we talked about this in between the three of us, but Rivet has, for all these games we've played, where Ratchet has literally a ratchet. That's his main melee weapon. He swings it. Uh, you can hold, what was it, L1 and R2 to throw the ratchet and hit boxes and things like that far away. Rivet has a hammer. Mm-hmm. so And it doesn't seem like that major of a of a difference, but she swings the hammer, and then she kind of like tosses the hammer, and it kind of comes back like Thor's hammer when you toss it at boxes and such, the same stuff that you're used to doing with, with ratchet. And I know these guys talked about it, but the, the same weapon upgrades carry over between the two characters. So you never miss a beat. It's never, you never have to worry about, okay, do I, do I spend the points on Rivet's weapons versus Ratchet's weapons? Since I may be at the end of this chapter, maybe I don't want to upgrade that because then I'll end up with Ratchet. But it, they share stuff, so it's it's even across the board when you go to do those upgrades and such. Uh, but those are the games I played. Is that it for us, gentlemen? Are we done here? I believe so. A breezy one hour, 25 minutes. Uh, a cool uh, 23 minutes ahead of our normal time. <laughs> I'm okay with that, especially this week. So uh, if there's nothing else to add, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us this week, and we will catch you next week. Goodbye. Adios. See you. See you.